So Mary didn't just deliver a baby that night. Mary delivered hope. And that's what we've been talking about this month at Good Shepherd. And Merry Christmas. My name is, I'm Talbot Davis, and I'm the pastor here at Good Shepherd. And some of you are engaging here in our worship center, and others are in the living room, and a lot of you are online as well. So however you're engaging with us, I'm always delighted to engage back with you. The series started, we, we started a few weeks ago, we were talking about hope when you're uh, impatient, and then it was hope when things aren't going your way, and then it was hope when things are going your way, and then it was hope when you're fearful. Tonight, tonight is hope for you, and the message, hope for you, and you'll see why it's called that. If you have your Bible, maybe you have a Bible that looks like this, or maybe your Bible's on your phone. I want to invite you to pull that. If you have your Bible with either, you are no doubt going to heaven, so good for you. But if you have your Bible, <laughs> open it to Luke chapter 2 and verses 8 through 14. Just keep a finger there. Again, maybe it looks like this, or more likely it's loaded on your phone. And, and uh, just a lot of you may, may never been in this building before, had one of our services before, even tuned in before. Just so you know what we believe about the Bible, how we feel about it, and, and it's this. We love the Bible at Good Shepherd. We don't worship it, but we love it because we're convinced that when we love the Bible, we're better able to adore the Savior, and we do worship Him. And out of that conviction about the Bible and our delight in the Bible, our love for the Scripture, we do something a little bit unusual when we talk about the Bible here, and it's we lift it up. And so I just want to invite you to lift up your phone or your Bible. And again, if you haven't been here before and you see people lifting up phones and books in the air, and you're just like, this is unusual. I've never seen this before. We admit it. It, it is a different kind of thing. But we've discovered that this is a moment of oddity that shapes our identity as a community. We are a collection of people who do not have life figured out, but we know who does. And we're glad to surrender to his authority. Amen? So before I say anything else, let's pray. So God... Thank you for how good you are. Thank you for the goodness of the Holy Spirit who inspired Luke to write the story of Jesus. And so I pray that same Holy Spirit would be moving and active and just filling people with, with challenge or with comfort, whatever they need tonight, and instilling all of us with a deep hope. I'm powerless without you, Lord. Because of you, I'm never helpless. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So uh, I have been uh, hearing, this is thanks to Charlie Brown's Christmas story. I've been hearing the Christmas story for like all my life. And then uh, I've been reading the Christmas story after I became a Christian for about 40 years. And I've been preaching on the Christmas story for over 30 years. And in all of that hearing, overhearing, reading, preaching, there is one detail tucked away in one verse in the Christmas story that I never noticed, that I never saw until this year, the year of our Lord, 2022. And some of you are like, you must be a really slow learner preacher. And, and maybe that's the case. And this one thing that I have not seen until this year after all that reading and hearing and preaching and teaching, 
that one thing, it might just be on one level when you look at it, it might be impossible, it might be wrong, unless on second look, it is unstoppable, just beautifully right. I'm going to show you what that is in, in just a minute. But in, in the meantime, here's what's going on in the story in Luke chapter 2 by the time we get to, to verse 8. That, that baby has been born. The water broke. The crown appeared. The delivery happened. The cord was cut. The bottom was spanked. The wailing began. The nursing commenced. All of it happened in that manger in all of its earthy Perfection. That baby is born. And yet simultaneously, meanwhile, out in the Jerusalem suburbs, Luke tells us that this is going on at the same time. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel, one angel, notice that, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. Now, for some of you, may, you may have never heard this before. For others of you, especially if you remember Charlie Brown at all, it's quite familiar. There were, there were shepherds and keeping tending their flocks in the fields by night. And, and, and something in that part of the story about the shepherds, we, we sort of romanticize it. We sanitize it. Like, I don't, I don't think you, you, you knew this about shepherds, but no six-year-old boy in ancient Israel, if you were to go up to him and ask him, well, Sonny, what do you want to be when you grow up? No six-year-old boy ever said, I want to be a shepherd. Because that would have been a way of saying, I look forward to being overworked and underappreciated. I can't wait to work a third shift my whole life. I am looking forward to smelling like the animals I work with. <laughs> Said no one ever. And do you notice this detail in verse 8? They were living out in the fields. Oh, that's where they lived. They didn't watch their sheep and then go to their nice subdivision in a good school system. They lived in the field. Nobody wanted to be a shepherd in those days. And yet it is to these men, overlooked, underappreciated, the kind of people other people reject, out of all the people that the angel or God or the angel and God working in connection, out of all the people that God could have gone to to give this announcement about the baby being born, he goes to them. And then immediately after going to them, one angel, look what happens next in verses 13 and 14. Suddenly, a great company, so you go from one angel to the whole sky full of them, a great company, the heavenly host, appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. So these, these guys overworked and underappreciated and smelly and no one wants to do what they're doing for a living. They're the ones who get this light show in the sky out of all the people on planet Earth, God chooses them to reveal just this never-ending, brilliant, never-ending light show. The glory is all around them. And that part of the story, 
that, that part I'd mostly known. I kind of I got that. But there was one detail tucked in one line that one angel says to these shepherds that I had completely missed till this year, and it is in verse 11. Take a look at Luke chapter 2, verse 11. The angel, one angel, speaking to the shepherds, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. You may want to underline to you. A Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. A Savior has been born to you. A baby has been born to you. And I'm like, wait, that, that baby, that baby was not born to those shepherds. That baby, I mean, I, I've had a, a couple, my wife and I, I haven't had, you know, I have had no children. <laughs> my wife and I have had a couple of children. Well, those children were born to us. They weren't born to you. They were born to us. And so this baby was born to Mary and Joseph. If you're going to be real religious about it, maybe this baby was born to all of Israel or this baby was born to the human race. But this baby fundamentally was not born to a bunch of shepherds working out in the fields outside of Jerusalem. Biologically, that's impossible. Can I hear an amen for that? Biologically, that's it. Culturally, that is improbable. This baby was not born to a bunch of men working out on the hillsides. Unless, unless, unless he was. Unless this to you, unless those two words, to you, form the most kind of pivotal point in the entire New Testament story, unless the fact that God chooses men who were overlooked and underappreciated and rejected and forgotten, and God comes along and says, out of all the people on planet earth, this baby has been born to you guys, the Lord says, and he starts a chain reaction so that the to you of Luke chapter 2, verse 11, continues unstopped until today, until tonight. And when the angel says to the shepherds that, that, to, that to those guys, the baby's born, to those guys, he, he's also saying to use guys as well. Everybody here from New York, to use guys as well. Yeah, I can't, I can't, get, I can't get around what God does in, in this one scene. I mean, I mean, think about it. There's one angel given one message, a personal message. There's a whole sky full of angels. There's this light show in the sky making this announcement to everybody at the same time. At the same time, God is like anthem and he's ballad. He's thunder. He's a whisper. He's a declaration to the entire world, and he's a personal message to an individual shepherd. It is amazing when you think about it. He is all of this at once. And so for anyone who has wandered into church tonight, and you too have felt at some point in your life, yeah, I know what it's like to be rejected. I know what it's like to be overlooked and underappreciated. I know what it's like to think that good things only happen to other people and all the bad things are reserved for me. And if that's you, 
Here's what I want you to know. Here's what Luke 2, 11 tells us. Good news for the world is great news for you. That every single person here who has lost hope in life, you've lost hope that tomorrow could ever be better than today. You keep longing for a you that you think you were. And you're never going to get back to that. And so you've lost hope. If that's you today, good news for the world is great news for you. I just love the fact that God chose men working out in the fields who'd been rejected, who'd been forgotten, who'd been overlooked. Someone here, someone here, you know exactly what that's like. You, You feel overlooked even in your own family. That you maybe maybe you've come to church tonight and you're 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 part of the because uh, I know what y'all did I was here watching you reserved a whole row and maybe you're, you're a row you're full of a part of a row full of people and yet you feel like the people you are with they are blind to your pain they are oblivious to the difficulties in your life and you feel overlooked by the people who should love you the most if that's you good news for the world is great news for you. And others, of you feel rejected? And maybe you feel rejected because of the way you look or, or the people you hang out with. Or, or maybe some of you feel rejected because of decisions you've made in the past. I'm probably speaking to the wrong group here. Nobody here has ever made a decision you've come to regret later, have you? And, and you still carry the weight of those decisions you made in the past, and, and you've tried to get over them. You, 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 you've tried to do better, as people say these days, and you try to enter back into people's lives, and what do they do in response? They show you the hand. Speak to the hand. You can get this close and no more. And if that's you, if you've been rejected by people who won't let you back in, good news for the world is great news for you, people. And maybe you feel forgotten. Maybe you feel like the young teenage girl and the family and the, the true story. Mom was a do-gooder. You know, mom just loved to go all around town doing good to other people. But in the, the middle of doing good to everybody else's children, she kind of sort of forgot she had kids herself. His mom was getting in the car one more day to go out on one more do-gooder activity, the daughter just kind of says quietly, but we're your kids too. And maybe, maybe you felt that, forgotten. Hey, if that's you, good news for the world is great news for you. This anthem, this epic that God paints for everybody is a ballad, is a message for you personally. No one here, you've never done too much, you've never gone too far, you've never run too fast, that God's chasing love isn't faster. He's going to catch you, and it's not to punish you, it's to adore you. Good news for the world. Great news for you. Somebody ought to say amen to that. It's great news for you. I can just tell you honestly, it's not like I'm dishonest usually up here. I just want to, <laughs> I just want to, you know, no sort of analogy or statistic or experiment up here. I just want to, just want to tell you what's plainly true. It is good to be a Christian. 
And I, I, don't, I don't know if you're a Christian yet. I don't know where you stand with all that, but I, I haven't always been one. And so I know that life after Jesus far surpasses life before Jesus. It's good to be a Christian. It's, it's good to know I'm loved, not because I'm so lovable, because I'm not really, but because he is love. It's good to know that his love for me does not depend on my goodness, which isn't very good, but does depend on his greatness, which is always perfect. It's good to be a Christian. It's, it's good to know that out of 7 billion people in the world, God actually listens to my prayers and he's actually advocating for my good. Now, sometimes he, he has to take me through a hard season. Sometimes he knows that hard season is absolutely necessary for me, but he's there listening. It's, it's, it's good to know that, that life is good and that there are these moments of joy that can be sort of sprinkled into seasons of sadness. I remember my, my worst time in ministry. I mean, worst. Like, I, I am, I'm going to go be a male model. I am quitting. <laughs> I'm going to do anything. I'm, I'm quitting. And, and, and uh, out of nowhere, in this really bad season of ministry, my son, who was then 15, he gives me a call. Out of nowhere, he goes, Dad, Dad, Dad. That's how he is. Dad, Dad, Dad. And he was learning to play guitar, by the way. Dad, Dad, I learned how to play Smoke on the Water. You want to hear it? And, and he launches right in. Dun, 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 dun. And how can you? That was pretty good. What, how, can, how can you not know God is on your side when out of nowhere? A moment of joy will season a kind of real deep sadness. It's good to be a Christian, and it is good. Listen, it is good to know where I'm going to go after this life is over. And I don't say that because it's a cliche, and I don't say it to rationalize, and I don't say it because we're in church and you have to. I say it because it really is the deepest truth of the universe that where you live forever is, in fact, the most important decision that any of us will ever make. And when I realize that my eternity, again, doesn't depend, are you going to be good enough, Talbot? doesn't matter. My eternity depends not on my goodness, but on his greatness, and his greatness is always good enough. And I, I, I just know, good shepherd, I just know that when, when you understand that, when you got eternity settled, history makes sense. This life goes so much better. Good news for the world. It's great news for you. Don't forget. Don't forget the, the words that, two words come around either side of this to you in verse 11. It says, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Savior and Lord. Isn't that great? We, we, got, a, we got a sandwich. Savior on the one side, Lord on the other. You're in the middle because you have a Savior and you need a Lord. And the best thing about this life is that you're not in charge. And the best decision that you can make about this life is to relinquish control to the one who is. And I just pray that you will, on this holiest of nights, 
come to that place where you don't think this is good news for everybody but me, but this is good news precisely for me. Good news for the world. It's great news for you. Let's pray. So Father, thank you. Thank you that from that manger in the dirt, you've given us hope. And I pray, especially for any who've come in, overlooked, underappreciated, or even people who've got life figured out, you would reveal to them how good it is to live in you. In the strong name of Jesus, our risen Savior and returning King, we pray.